As I was driving home from Connecticut this past weekend, I had the chance to speak to Darren. Darren is from the Philippines, and he trains people in conversational English. I'll leave it to you to decide whether we put those skills to good use. Podcasting at 65 miles an hour down I-95 in a 93 Saturn SE2. Yep, this week on Stranger Than Christian. Just a second, I'm gonna put you on Bluetooth. Hold on one second. Okay. All right, hello? Hello? Oh, that's better, I can hear you now. Okay, so hi, good. What time is it in your country? Right now, it is 3.08 p.m. I'm going to explain the situation right now because this is very unusual. I'm driving home from a wedding uh, I was uh, I was the DJ at in Connecticut. So right now, I am talking to you while driving down the highway at 35 miles an hour in a 1993 Saturn. <laughs> uh. So I have, I have my... Th- the microphone is balanced on my steering wheel. I have my laptop open next to me recording. Oh, okay. So. Is that safe, though? Uh, <laughs> That's what you're doing right now? I think it's safe. Let's just hope the cops don't look <laughs> for the next hour or so. Oh, you're still, like, an hour away. So, well, I'm honestly about four and a half hours away. I'm in Connecticut right now. And I'm going back home to Pennsylvania, which means I have to go through New York City. I have to go through New Jersey. There's a whole, there's a whole process to this trip back home, but this should be fun. That's really far for hosting, for DJing, you know? Yeah, <laughs> for we, DJing uh, a wedding, like you a know, friend's wedding. Yeah, it was a, I, actually um, a really good friend of mine. His name was Ryan. He got married yesterday, and uh, he had asked me to DJ his wedding. I, I, uh, I. DJ a little bit at home. I do uh, some of the clubs in the area, but this is the first time I'm at, I've ever DJed a wedding, and it went really, really well. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but now I'm just headed back home. What time is it over? So you, so you're in the Philippines right now. Exactly. Yes. And it's actually three ten. So we're twelve hours apart. So it's three ten in the morning right so now. So you're in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, thank you for staying up mor- so late. <laughs> Oh, no, no problem, because this is my normal hour for my work. I usually work, like, uh, 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. Okay, and, and, and what do you do? Well, as of this moment, I actually converse with people all over the world. So a lot of Europeans and Russians and some Asians. Oh, okay. I actually converse with them in English for them to get used to the you know the english language that because is maybe some of them are migrating to a different country right yeah. right right and this is the thing that you get paid for this is your profession 
Oh, yeah, we could say that because as of this moment, this is my part-time job. So you essentially teach English by immersion. You just kind of drop it on them and, 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 and just get them practicing in the real world. Yes. Basically, like what, we're, like what we're doing. Casual conversation is like sort of have like a podcast and you're having interview with people. And it's funny because I guess there would be a need for that, wouldn't there? Because English is a very complicated language, isn't it? Compared to some other languages. A lot of people would say their language is complicated. I would say maybe uh, each language is complicated, but it depends on you as to how you'd apply it. Because let's say Americans, it's not like um, most Americans know the proper grammar. That's very true. Right? Yeah, that's very true. So I, I wonder, because I've read your, you know, <laughs> read it, and it's funny because for me it's like, it's interesting that I would like to do a podcast and I have this Spanish student of mine and he created a podcast and it sort of interests me. Like, oh, wow, you you, ha you actually have a podcast, You're, you made a podcast. And a lot of my students said, hey, Darren, why don't you make a podcast? And I, I told them, I don't know what to talk about, <laughs> you know? And I'm interested as to, it's funny also, I, I logged into this Reddit and a student of mine also shared to me about Reddit because I generally don't read forums. I just have my own little world watching shows and just Facebook and I guess I guess that's about it. And right. I learn a lot from my student. And when I try Reddit, I tried my first search for Reddit is actually co hosts and in a podcast. So it's it's funny because I usually, I get the suggestions of my students in terms of this. And I wonder in in regards to this, you've been doing podcasts for a while now? Well, this is actually my first time doing a regular podcast. I used to work at the radio station at my college. I went to Southern Connecticut State University. I was a journalism major. And part of that was broadcasting, was learning how to read the news, was learning how to speak, diction, that kind of thing. And I've always been interested in broadcasting. I've wanted to be in television, especially ever since I was a toddler. So I got the chance to go to school for broadcasting. Oh, okay. it, it, goes, it goes way back. <laughs> uh, and part of what I did in school was uh, work at the, at the uh, campus radio station. Originally, I was the production director, which meant that any commercials, any, anything on the air that wasn't a show was my job to record. It was really cool because I got to be creative uh, and, and there were really no boundaries. You know, I was the person in charge so I could kind of do what I want. And I had a really cool office too with a couch and a microphone. It was, it was awesome. Uh, on top of that, I was on the air uh, a few hours a week. I was reading the news once a week. I had a couple of shows that I was doing and I was playing music as well. So this is my first time putting together an actual regularly scheduled podcast, but I, I have been on a microphone before. It's just the most fun in the world. Mm, okay, so like your passion, because like you said, you just, this were this actually your passion way back when you were a toddler. <laughs> like, I, 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 imagine that, right? Exactly, and you know, it, 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 it sounds funny, but the first role models other than my parents that I remember 
were the people on TV. And when I was home with my mom, my dad was a uh, was an art teacher, was a high school art teacher, so he was out during the day. And I used to stay home with my mom and watch TV. And I'm not sure what the situation is when it comes to TV in the Philippines, but during the day on American TV, especially in the early 1990s, it was mostly game shows. It was mostly things like Wheel of Fortune, Family Feud, and The Prices, right? Things like that. So the hosts of those shows were the people that I first idolized because they essentially were everything I wanted to be, everything I thought was cool. They knew just the right thing to say at just the right moment. They were funny. They could generate excitement. Uh, they dressed well. Uh, they were handsome, you know. Those were the people that I essentially modeled a lot of my life after. And as sad as that may sound, uh, I just, they were everything that I wanted to be. And I felt like the skills that they presented on television were skills that I thought would carry over well into real life. I always thought it was very important to know when to say a thing and when to not say a thing. I always thought, you know, timing in that sense was important. I always thought it was important to dress well. That is where my influence came from and where my love for broadcasting came yeah. from. You know, it's funny because, like, with, with, with hosting, uh, basically, like, like what you said, to know what to say, to know what not to say anything, basically in control, make the things, like, make shows interesting. And, like, what I'm doing right now, I'm conversing with a lot of people all around the world. And when I tell people, oh, what's your job now? And I, I would tell them, well, I converse with people all around the world. And they would say, wow, that's very, that's nice because it's not a hassle. It's very easy. And for me, it, it, may, it, it seems funny because it's not actually easy to ask questions. Interesting, maybe questions that are interesting for, you know, the person you're talking to. And I think that's the skill that you need to have as a host, right? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of hosts on television and on radio are lucky because they have a team of writers that will sit them down on Monday and say, listen, on Wednesday, so-and-so is coming to your show. They wrote this book. We have some notes on the book. We have some questions that we think would be interesting. So they have a team of people that are responsible for making sure the host sounds good and sounds interesting and can ask good questions. but Or sounds smart. Absolutely. <laughs> they make it look and sound very easy, but it is not. Uh, and I'm learning this even as I prepare this podcast that sometimes it's very hard to think of a question that will lead to something interesting. That's it's 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 impossible to understate how difficult that can be sometimes. But I figure the direction I'm going with this is I think people in general want to be listened to. I think people have a natural desire to want to feel valid and to feel important. And even if they're saying something that's not very important, the fact that they're saying it is important. So I'm counting on the conversation to just incident ahead 1.2 miles you're still on the fastest route <laughs> uh, i'm very sorry i can't hear you very clearly for the past five seconds oh that's okay uh, you know what yeah. <laughs> my gps is on so <laughs> i think that was just the direction sorry about that okay i realized and this kind of goes back to what i was saying about that passion that i have for broadcasting as i got older i realized that my love of broadcasting really just tied into my love of talking to people. I enjoy talking to people and 
like I said in that original post, I'm really, I'm never happier than I am when I'm talking to a complete stranger. I crave that interaction and I crave that first impression. I'm just, I'm fascinated by uh -huh. those types of interactions. So this is a way for me to get off my lazy ass and do something creative, but at the same time, be able to talk to people that I would never get a chance to talk to otherwise. Because if it wasn't for this, what we're doing right now, you and I would never speak. We would never meet each other. Exactly. We're, we're literally half a world away from each other. You know, with this idea, it's it's the same, you know, with my students and I. Like, I, I have never thought about, you know, talking to everyone in the world. Not everyone, but a lot of people all around the world. Like, for Russians, my first Russian student, you know, it's, it's funny because I've never met Russians before. I... I don't know how Russians are generally. It would be like American movies about how Russians are. <laughs> like very silent, always angry, and maybe always like the competition of Americans. Right, in, stereotype. In right, right, and, right. Yeah, typically stereotype. And I remember I remembered my my question for, for my very first Russian student would be like, Hey, can you tell me how Russians are? <laughs> because for me it's like I don't I don't know how Russians are. And my Russian student actually said, Well, uh, we Russians are just the same as Europeans. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And then, and then they said, well, typically humans, we enjoy and stuff. And I get to know them a little bit, and it's fun getting to know people all around the world. Like it you is. said, like you and me, we would never have the chance to speak to each other if not for this, right? Right, exactly. And, and I think I think the more opportunities a person has to speak with somebody outside of their little world, the better. I think that can only serve to grow somebody as opposed to hold them down. I mean, I'm fascinated by this, aren't you? I think this is so awesome. For me, yeah. Actually, I just realized this a couple of weeks ago because um, I was listening to this podcast, um, a, like TED Talk podcast, and there was like a question. If you can do anything tomorrow and get paid to do it, what would that be? And I was stunned. I was like, what? Let me think about that. Because I think generally people would say, oh, I would like to travel and get paid to do it. But for me, it never occurred to me to, you know, to answer traveling around the world. So it occurred to me like, I was asking myself, what is it that I like to do and get paid to do it? And the answer came like a couple of minutes later. I just realized like, I like talking to people. I enjoy it. As long as the, the other person is also interactive, like they would talk to you because they like to talk to you, not because that, oh, because I just paid for it, or oh, you know, I, I just have nothing to do. But rather, they really crave for some human interaction at the same time practicing, right? So for me, I was like, it would be great if I could do the job of some talk show host or some Mm, well, talk show hosts, basically also some teachers, it's either helping people or to just to talk, getting paid to talk. Now when you say do the job of talk show hosts, are there certain talk show hosts that you try to emulate or certain hosts on TV that, that, that you sort of look up to or take after? Uh, funny thing is because I don't watch television that much <laughs> and I generally I just watch anime sometimes and read some 
light novels. Sometimes I would see some hosts who would just like they have this couch. They would you know they would sit there on their own table, and then they would they would invite some people over and talk to them about anything. Maybe about their show at first, and then randomly talk about anything. And I I actually see a lot of those shows in American TV. Uh, American would call us. Mm, show hosts uh, yeah host shows like ellen something like that or who's the who's the guy ah uh conan o'brien the the right. guy with the red hair and you no know, big forehead right like that's wide forehead that's him you want to hear something funny about conan o'brien my wife cat we met partly because we were both big fans of conan o'brien and she actually has a tattoo of his face on her leg what I, I I I can't believe you mentioned that. That's so funny. I, I wish I wish I could show this to you. I, I think it would be very entertaining. But as I got older, I began to understand the job that people like Conan do. Uh, it's a craft, you know. To be a conversationalist is something that requires practice, and it requires wit, and it requires timing, and sometimes it requires listening, which sometimes can be the hardest part. Sometimes it's very hard. At least from my standpoint, tell me if you disagree. It's hard to listen yeah. sometimes, isn't it? Because sometimes you're so focused yeah. on sounding because right and sounding good that you forget there's another part to the conversation. And sometimes being silent can say more than anything you could say in response to somebody, you know? Yes. You know, um, funny thing is, I, I tell people, well, you know, conversing to other people, actually just casually conversing, people would say, oh, that's easy. Talking is easy. Randomly like talking to someone is easy. I said, no, it's not. Because first, you need to be very entertaining to that person that would make your conversation engaging. And then next would be, you need to know how to listen so that you would know what kind of topic that other, you know, other person is actually interested in. Right? Right, absolutely. Every day I, I look at the interactions that I have with people and I look at them as a chance to sharpen those skills. Uh, and it's fun. It's just fun to meet people and it's fun to talk to people. And again, those, you know, to make a first impression on somebody, I think that's fun. Some people get very nervous about things like that, but I think it's just, it's just so much fun to, to meet people and have them get that first idea of you. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I would usually tell my students, Hey, you know what? You don't believe this, but I'm actually an introverted person. I'm I'm shy, <laughs> and, and then right. my, most of my students say, "Are you really? I don't believe it because you're really, really friendly and easy to talk to." I'm like, "Yeah, because it's actually it needs practice, and I'm used to this already." Yes, absolutely. Something, something like that. I, I usually tell people it takes practice, even talking to someone. It does. What I what I wanted to ask you. As somebody who enjoys talking to people, um, and, and this will be another one of those situations where correct me if I'm wrong or if you have a different experience than I do, some days I don't feel like talking to anybody and I just shut down completely and I feel like that's my day off. And I feel like that happens with people that make their living or spend a lot of their time talking to other people. Do you find that to be true? I would have to agree. Because sometimes when I'm talking to a lot of 
a lot different, a lot of different people. I just talk to them, I engage with them, and then afterwards, after I'm finished with this, it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk to anyone for the for the next day or for the next half hour or something. Right. It takes Even a lot of energy. Yes, it takes a lot of energy to carry on a social interaction like that for like a great length of time. For instance, after this, once I get home. I'm just gonna take a nap. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm just gonna lay well, down and sleep for however long. Well, yeah, that's true too. But I, you know, even even just you know carrying on a conversation, the mental energy is so great. So yeah, I would have to agree because I tend to notice um, because I I got this. I don't know, uh, like a BP attached to me for the whole 24 hours. And I've noticed every time I BP, uh, every time I have classes or I converse with other people, my heart rate and my blood pressure goes up. <laughs> and for me, I ask myself, I'm not stressed in those situations, but why does it go go up? I wonder. Well, I think that people like us, if I could use that phrase, I think people like us put a lot of thought into the things that they say. And I know that when I'm having conversation, especially in situations like this, uh, I'm full of self-doubt. I, I'm always wondering if I'm saying the right thing, if this is going well, if I sound as if I sound interesting enough to continue the conversation. Uh, do I sound like an idiot? I'm always thinking about those things, and I wonder if that has anything to do with it. <laughs> well, um, I can relate to you because earlier, I guess like. 15 minutes ago, I was like, oh no, I'm bumbling a lot. I don't even know what I'm talking about. So maybe it's not just you. Uh, it's not just you or someone you talk to, I guess. You're doing really well, by the way. What do you think? Oh. Oh, you're doing excellent. Absolutely. <laughs> maybe it goes to show that. Huh? Maybe it goes to show that we're just used to talking to people. I think I so. I think maybe we're just maybe we're just really good at this. <laughs> I would like I hopefully that that will be true. I'd like to think so too. So <laughs> tell me about the types of things you talk about when you're speaking English with somebody who doesn't know English for the first time. What type of conversation do you have? Is it very simplified? Is it do you try to use simple words? Do you ask them about themselves? Do you like how does that go? Well, um, first, I would like just to point out, it's not like they don't know the language. Uh, most of the people that I talk to are generally upper intermediate and advanced. Basically, they're like lawyers, doctors, computer programmers. Oh, I so see. So they're professional. I'm sorry. I had, I had a complete misunderstanding. I thought it was people who didn't know English and you sort of tutored them into knowing English. So these are people that know English but just need regular practice. Maybe they don't get to talk to people who know English very often. Exactly, and that's that's what I like. Just to have conversation, not more on focus on teaching them, but more on having them get used to speaking English. So in a way, I don't need to teach them that much. At the same time, I get to enjoy getting to know people all around the globe, like their cultures, anything, they, their thoughts, their experiences, their life, anything. So yeah, their English is okay, and I generally start with like. If you're my very first student for the first time, or our very first experience, I would ask them to tell me about themselves, and then I would start from there. 
So generally, I would just ask them, hey, hey, can you understand me clearly? So I gauge their skill. So at the very first part, I would ask them, hey, uh, thank you for, uh, hey, I would like to ask you about your English skills. Are you able to hear me clearly? Is my pronunciation okay? Is my speed okay? Because by, by then you could gauge their skill. Are they okay? Can they speak and listen to you know, with the speed? Sure. Are, there, are they used to this level of conversation? And this is by with then, the... Uh -huh. Huh? No, after you. Yeah. So by then, I would, I would introduce myself and then I would gauge if they're able to understand me. And then if there's no question, I would ask them about themselves. So basically, it's, it's the most basic topic, right? Tell me about yourself. So basically, it's not like they don't know what to say because it's them. And I would give them like, you know, hints as to what they could share. I usually tell them, oh, tell me about yourself. How old are you? Like, what's your age? What's your job? Or are you currently studying? What makes you an interesting person? And then I would get topics from there and then continue onwards. And this is all with because the goal in mind like of... talking to themselves. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think the... I mean, there's no better subject and to speak to about than yourself. About themselves. Right. Everybody's an expert on yeah. themselves, absolutely. So I would imagine it, it helps their confidence as well. They're speaking about something that they know as opposed to, you know, being tested on something that they might not know. Yes. And that would make the conversation easier. Because if you tell me something about certain, or you're going to ask me something that I don't know, then how would I answer you? And the conversation would not be that good unless that I'm a excellent conversationalist and I could create different topics from there even though I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> or what the, what what that question is about right right absolutely so I guess uh, to need to have the connection and knowledge of what you're talking about makes the conversation interesting explain to me television in the Philippines what's on TV Generally, in the mornings, it would be like news until 9, and then afterwards, some cartoons. Make local channels, not really cable, because cable, you know, we have the same channels. Not as much channels as you have, but, but generally, like HBO, like Animax, well, what other channels do you have? I, I can't think of channels right now, because I don't watch TV that much. Right, but right, generally, right, right. In the afternoon, there's like a, lo a lot of soap operas, um, and then at six, news, and then at eight, another, you know, TV operas, TV shows, and that's it. So it's it's set up pretty much similar to ours, and and I ask this because actually it coincides with where I'm driving right now. I'm driving to a through a town in Connecticut, a city rather called uh, Stamford and Stamford Connecticut is home to a TV studio where they film the Maury Povich show is that a show that you've heard of in the Philippines oh uh, well I generally don't interact that much with a lot of people here <laughs> and I don't watch the tele I don't watch TV shows that much so I can't really answer that all right so if you don't mind, I'll, I'll explain to you what the show is. Now, it's a it's a talk show, but the guests are men and women, mostly women, from all over the United States. And 
when a woman is pregnant and doesn't know who the father of the child is, or when the woman has a child and there's doubt as to who the father is, she will go on the Maury show. She will invite all the men who she slept with, who could be the father of the child, and they will take a DNA test and they'll read the results right on live TV and the people will react and they'll be very sad or very happy that they're not the father or there'll be arguments and fighting and this is a show it's one of the highest rated shows in America it's on TV at least once a day some places twice or three times a day five days a week you know um, it's, it's funny about those kind of shows like oh showing other people the problem of other people and showing the confrontation in that show, like, like, there's like a TV show before I've watched called, oh yeah, something like, uh, something like the TV show called Cheaters, I think. Yes. It's an American TV show where where they they trail the boy, the girl or the boy that cheats if they cheated on the person who reported cheating. Right? right, and then they would show confrontation. So I- I've noticed a lot of people enjoy watching that kind of shows, like the situation not so not so average life situation, and then afterwards they would show the confrontation of that situation, and then they would show how people would react. Exactly, and it's 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 funny because it just goes to show how bored people are with their life because I keep telling my student my student would just tell me hey Darren you seem like a very positive person <laughs> and and for me I keep telling people I don't I keep telling people oh I don't understand why people think like life is so boring life is so short life is like this life is like that and they're complaining about life and um, the reason why I don't understand is because I remembered when, when when I was playing with my cell phone, I realized myself that there's so many applications or so many use of my cell phone that I don't even know. And I don't think that I would even learn how to use it. So I, I, with that alone, I thought like, oh, there's so many things in life that we could learn, we could do, and not just waste our time thinking about the problem of other people. Why not do other things? Because if you fail at something, you could do other things. If you if you're bored with this, there's so many things in life that you could do. Absolutely. So, in regards to that show, it's it's funny for me because why why watch a show where there's like this kind of situation and you'd like to know how they confront it and then you'd like to know what the other people react and enjoy watching that show. I'm not sure if people enjoy watching that show, or maybe they just watch it just because that they have nothing better to watch. I think that, because and and, 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 and it, it's funny to hear you talk about it, because I, I am somebody who finds some entertainment in shows like that, and I know that for me personally, while it's not the main component of the things I watch on TV, I don't, I don't watch Maury every day, but when I do watch things like that, it's almost out of gratitude that it's not me you know it's like I watch it and I go oh thank god that, that'll that never be that'll never be me that'll never be us you know it's is it really that though or because I, I sometimes realize like people tend to also be mm, how can I 
put this because like an example for you it's gonna be like oh thank god that's on me but for other people I, I think it's more like oh you know my life is better than that person I think it's the same with with that right my life is better than that person so I'm happy now because my life is not as bad as that on TV Right, and that's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, that, you know, I'm glad that the person on TV is not me, and I'm glad that my life is not a mess to that point. Um, and I think also that humans by nature are voyeurs. Humans love to watch other humans and listen to other humans and be a fly on the wall and, 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 and be sneaky, you know, and see what people are like when they don't know that they're being watched or listened to. So I think that the... The reality of situations like that on shows like Mori is attractive. It's entertaining to see real people go through real life things. And I think that's that's just human nature. Do you know what I mean? You know, something something like that too, because I just had the class with a new student of mine, uh, she's Russian, and Something about something with Russia and uh, something with the capital, Moscow, and the other cities. And I asked her, "Oh, what do you think about Putin?" <laughs> so that's also another another question I ask Russians. And she'd she would say, "I don't like him." I ask her, "All right, you don't like him because you don't like him as a person, or you don't like him because he runs the government, or you don't like the government?" And she would say, I don't like him in the government. So, so I would ask her, I, I ask her, why don't you like him in the government? And generally, Russians would answer, because they're corrupt. I, I don't like them because they take money away. And then she, she just suddenly opened a topic like, maybe I don't know if I'm in that situation. Maybe I would steal money as well. So for me, it's kind of curious and it's kind of funny. <laughs> because I would say, so you're angry that he steals money and you're not sure, most probably 90% of the time, if you're in their situation, you're going to steal, even though you're angry at what they're doing. Right. It's like, how can you how can you judge if you don't even know what you would do in that situation? Like, put yourself in those shoes before you say, oh, what a terrible thing. But in, in, in her, in, in, well, it's not like she... she would not know basically because she said 90% of the time when people in those shoes in those politicians shoes would also choose to steal it's like it's like uh, robbers would or thieves would get angry at other thieves right maybe because that they don't they they weren't given that opportunity to actually steal they're jealous at those people. So if they're in the other ends or the other sides opportunity, if they would steal, for them it's like they don't really care about what the other side thinks. Those who do not have the opportunity to steal. How do you it, feel it, about? It, I'm it, sorry. See, yes. No, no, no. After you, please, please, please. <laughs> oh, by the way, your camera is on. <laughs> Oh, and I can it... see your beard. <laughs> <laughs> My belly hit the button, I think. And with your 
with your with your colorful shirt <laughs> with the pink <laughs> <You're> and like, <laughs> blue. <laughs> you can tell. Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this up. Hold on one second. Let, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you where I'm driving right now. Yeah. This is. There's my microphone. And there's the road. Okay, it's raining. It is. Yeah. What's the weather like over there right now? It rains a lot too. In, in the Philippines, it's like not the not the normal weather, because normally during this time it should be like sunny month and right. onwards. Like even in Russia and also all around Europe, normally it should be spring and uh, now it's summer. But during their springtime, normally it doesn't rain or doesn't snow. But for the past, uh, not for the past few days, but this year, snow actually kept on you know, the winter kept on snowing until even spring so normally there should be like sun and everything and there should be like plants the next day they would come to notice this, oh you know the whole yard is filled with snow or it would be raining or it would be like there would be like hail so it's also not the same weather normal weather conditions in Europe as well something to do with global warming I guess <laughs> I don't I, know I guess so now tell me about and correct me if this is not applicable to where you live I, I, I don't know a whole lot about the Philippines are monsoons uh -huh. a thing in the Philippines uh hmm what do you mean by a thing it happens normal yeah I was under the impression <laughs> or, that a monsoon well, I, I, I was under the impression that a monsoon is something that happens in a particular part of the world, and I was wondering if the Philippines is part of that area. Hmm. Because I haven't been a part of different cities in the Philippines that much. I've never traveled the whole Philippines or something, or a lot of cities. But is it is it the norm? I don't think so. Maybe there would be occasionally like bad weather but something like typhoon is not the common thing or typhoon maybe that's maybe that's the word i'm looking for is there a difference between a monsoon and a typhoon what's the difference between those i honestly don't know normally i i know the word uh typhoon i know monsoon has something to do with weather as well okay no, that's fine. I I don't know either, so we'll just edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the news in America, we hear a lot about the leader of the Philippines. Can you pronounce his last name for me? I feel like I don't hear it pronounced very often. I read it more than I hear uh, it. It's, it's pronounced as Duterte. Okay. Duterte. Duterte. Okay. I, I'm not good at rolling yeah. my R's. Duterte. You don't need to have a ter, but it's like Duterte. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. Is the about yeah? What about the Philippine president? <laughs> is the perception <laughs> of him? <laughs> you knew it was going to come to this at some point. Is the perception of him? Yeah. Is is the public perception of him in the Philippines as negative as the media coverage of him in America? Do you guys hate him as much as it seems like? you do because oh, it seems to us like you guys hate him funny that you, should, you know funny that you should ask that well um 
the media actually portrays the president as the bad guy, even here in the Philippines. Because um, the same as in the United States, there's like the left wing and the right wing, right? And in the Philippines, you know how media is also biased of, I don't know, left or right wing there in the United States. But in the Philippines, the media is actually biased with the other party. So, because the other party, they have like connections to the media, so they would show that a lot of people hate the president. But, you know, sad thing for them is a lot of the people have internet and a lot of the people have camera in their phones, so they could record actual stuff. So, although the media would portray that the Philippine uh, the president is not so good or, or something, but generally the, the, the masses already know the truth. So they support the Philippine president. Oh, by the way, I'd like to just tell you, uh, the city that I'm living right now is currently where the president lives. It's not the capital city. It's not in Luzon area, which is the northern part of the Philippines, but rather it's in the southern part of the Philippines. So he was the mayor for a lot of for for a lot of years in my city, and I think I could say my city is, I guess, one of the safest, or if not, the safest in the Philippines. And in my city, people supports him because we see the changes in the city. Uh, when I say changes, well, I wasn't here in this city before because I came from a different city, you know, a whole totally different story. <laughs> but anyway, when I came to the city with my, um, well, I came here to my family, um, he was already the, the mayor that time. And that was a time when a lot of changes in the city that happened like uh, traffic stuff with the uh, with the crime and stuff before here's what people people actually told me uh, before my city was actually very very we could say dangerous there's like a lot of theft there's like a lot of robberies there's like a lot of killings and and all those stuff you know <laughs> and when he became mayor slowly but surely there's like so many changes even like there's like liquor ban here in my city I think the you could buy liquor I think at the last last order even at whatever shop like even convenience store would be at 1 a.m. and when it started a lot of people were complaining it was like oh it started from the last the last purchase would be or the last order would be at 2 a.m. And then it became 1 a.m., it became 12, and then it became 1. So people were complaining, and then slowly, as you know, as you know, humans, it just takes a little bit time to get used to it. And I could say, slowly now, after a couple of mm, more than 10 years, I guess, people got used to it, and they were able to see the changes that happened in the city, and everyone is contented. So basically, the, the people in my city where he governed for a lot of years are actually happy with what he did. Maybe although there are some changes, like sometimes there was like a speed limit of 30 kilometers per hour. It's like very, very slow, and people were complaining that's too slow. So at the very beginning, people are complaining, but I do get what, uh, what he's trying to say. He wants safety, right? 
people keep complaining and then later on they just realize oh that's good for the for the city so it's no problem so i think in in with with this aspect a lot of the people around the philippines are able to see my city and see the changes that happen and now they understand oh you know i maybe i would like to have that kind of change here in the philippines and that's why they voted for the president. So what I'm trying to say is, 90, I guess I could say 80 to 90% supports the president. And there are a couple who do not like the president. As you know, like it's a free world. It's not like everyone 100% should support. You know, No matter how good the president is, I don't think that it would be like 100 percent support rate even with obama you know and here in the philippines i could see like oh obama is a cool president right oh he he he's such a smooth talker he he seems smart he seems great and i still hear negative comments about obama so i think no matter how i don't know if we could say good or maybe not so good that that president is, there will always be supporters, but it, it depends on how they would show it. So good that you're able to, you know, open the topic about the, you know, president of the Philippines. I know that in the United States, it, you know, not just the United States, all around the world, they are showing that the president of the Philippines is a killer, or, yeah, it's not so good. I, I think maybe they're trying to portray the president of the Philippines as... Oh, who's the president in Cuba? Uh, uh, well, uh, I mean, it was Castro for a long time. Castro, right. yeah, like Castro, and then, and something like that, like an oppressive leader. And I, I keep hearing some of my students and also some of my friends abroad. They would say, "Oh, you know, what about Duterte? You know, does he kill innocent people randomly? Right?" And I said, "No, that's that's not like he kills." innocent people randomly or he kills those people or for no reason at all so it's my understanding I, I that the I, target is is uh drug dealers that he's authorized the killing of drug dealers if they're caught in the act of selling drugs which i understand that drugs in asia are treated much more seriously than they are here in america yeah i would i would really i would really agree like even pot or other other drugs like is that and I don't know if you're in, in if you're in any position to tell me or, or or to know, but I know that if you are caught with a certain amount of marijuana in America, uh, if it's over a certain amount, they uh, they give you what's called possession with intent to sell, meaning that you have enough that it looks like you're going to split it up and sell it. Uh, I don't know about the the pot though. I, I know I think in the Philippines it's still the same. Even with pot, you're not allowed. Uh, in terms of other drugs, if you have the paraphernalia in terms of like weighing machine, then that would be like intention to sell or exceeded a certain amount, then that means that you're a dealer. Right. But what of it? Now, as a citizen of the Philippines and as somebody who's seen what Duterte has done to your area and seeing him elevated to a larger stage now, are those policies things that you find yourself agreeing with? Do you think a drug dealer should die if he's caught selling drugs or she's caught selling drugs? Uh, you know, that's a complicated question. Uh, I would like to say no. And also with the idea of 
humans do not have the right to take the life of other humans, right? But I think that if the situation is severe enough, I, I honestly I would say it, with Duterte's case, I actually see him as the necessary evil. We know that it's not correct to you know kill people, but with with a lot of drug dealers' case, those who already use drugs often, and I we. I'm not sure if you're going to agree. There are there are cases where we already know that no matter what we're going to do, that person is already like in too deep and will not be able to get out by themselves or even with the support of other people. There are people who would rather die than just give up. So, in terms of, you know, should they die? Honestly, Maybe for those extreme cases, I guess, like those who offers like really no hope and also at the same time harm other people, then yes, why not? Well, because I, let's say right. this is a pot, uh, this is a, a, a mm, drug addicted person, and they and that person has been using drugs no matter how what the duration is, but if he uses a lot and also disrupt the life of other people not just disrupt but rather destroy or just kill the other person and like not just one but rather more than 100 or more i think maybe that person should die what about for you well i could see how a person would think that a person who's selling drugs to a number of people should be put to death i i i, I could understand the logic behind that because it's the equivalent of, I guess there's really no equivalent, but it's somebody providing a deadly, you know, it's somebody providing death to other people. And, you know, they are in a way responsible for that death, but at the same time, the person who's addicted to drugs had a choice way back when to take drugs or not take drugs. And then that becomes a whole complicated thing because a lot of people see drugs as a way out, as a way out of terrible financial situations, terrible social situations, terrible family situations. So I do agree with you in that it is a very complex answer to a very complex question. Myself, personally, I don't agree with the taking of life to make up for the loss of life. And that's just a moral standpoint that I have but again I see both sides if that makes sense I do see both sides of the argument you know I, I would agree because like as I, I, it took me a while like huh I know that's bad because there's it should be like nobody should take have the life uh, have the right to take the life of another person right I, I, I do understand that but somehow if that person, I think it's just a general standpoint. It, it's it depends on the person themselves how they would see it. For me, uh, I don't know because some, sometimes would they say do they even have the, the the choice if they're really you know they're really into the drug already like they're the chemicals in those drugs destroyed their brains. Do they even have the hope? And would if you give them hope. Would they, be, would they be able to change? 
are their brains like have some problems already because of you know the intake of drugs and because of that problem should you let them live and then they might in the future end the life of a lot more other people not just disrupt but also you know terminate the life of other people i know that in in a standpoint a moral you know moral standpoint that is wrong but in terms of the government standpoint or the benefit of you know uh the masses it's more of sacrifice you know you know government right stop sacrifice the few to save the many so for me it's a it's a it's really a hard question to answer i'd like to think like i would go for the morality side of it moral moral answer to it like oh no you should not kill people but it's it's a really hard question to answer it's funny because your leader in our media in our press is referred to as the trump of the philippines and that's a so, that's a comparison uh, that I, from the jump, had trouble making sense of. I, it, it just it just doesn't make sense. For me, even though like for me, it's the same. I don't know why it's the. I I think the the main reason there the the Trump of the Philippines is not maybe the the way they rule the government or the way how Trump rules because I don't know how Trump ruled the government because generally Trump. Do not have the experience to lead, right? The, right. the government yet, yeah, as of this moment. So uh, I think the media, what they're trying to say with uh, Duterte, the Trump of the Philippines, is more on focus on how they speak. I guess who doesn't give a care, <laughs> who, doesn't give, <laughs> who doesn't give a care what other people think because generally as a politician you should watch your words mind your mouth you should use words political terms correctly like to be politically correct and i think that's the reason why they would compare trump and duterte because they just say what they want and do not care what other people think i think that's the only reason because in terms of policy making i don't know about trump but Duterte is very solid. He shows love for his country. I don't know about how Trump is. I haven't had any news. After the the last news that I got with Trump is he won the presidency. <laughs> we have we have a lot to talk about, my friend. <laughs> it's funny that you mention the idea that they're both people who don't really care what other people have to say, and they're. And they don't talk the way we're used to elected officials talking. And now that I rethink what what I said earlier about him being the Trump of the Philippines in that respect, I guess it makes sense because our news is so obsessed with the idea of personality and the idea of celebrity. And I think that, you know... The news is a television show just like any other, just like Ellen, just like any other TV show. And they're out for ratings and they're out to entertain because they don't entertain. People don't watch them. And I think even just the word Trump is such a hot term right now that to call anybody the Trump of anything is like, oh, wow, we better watch this. You know what I mean? And I guess that's maybe what they're referring to, that they're both very big, blowhard personalities 
So I guess it does make sense in that respect that they would call him the Trump of the Philippines. I think they're just capitalizing on everyone's fascination with, with Trump. And, you know, the thing that a lot of people, I, I, I think, the Filipinos love about Duterte is because we see him as someone down to earth. Like, he would eat with the poor people. He would really discuss with the farmers. I mean, when he was mayor, he would, you know, speak with the poor people. He would, I'm not sure if you know about this, but Duterte, before, when he was mayor, he would drive taxi, not because that he needed the money, but rather he would, he would drive the taxi cab or the cab just to be undercover, to see how his city is. Because if he, he drives his, his car or if he drives his motorcycle every Sunday, of course people recognize him. Like, oh, you know, we should, we should, we should, we should really stand straight. We should do our job properly because the president is watching us. That's a president, right? I think uh, what the president is doing when driving a cab is getting to know the the thought of the people and also at the same time of serving um, the the city in a general, like, average or normal citizen's perspective. That's very interesting, and so I, that's I, why, I, yeah, people I, like it. I, I had no idea. He gets there's a phrase that I'm not sure is used in the Philippines, but uh, to get in the trenches means to go right into the field, right where the action is happening, to help those people and also get an idea of what's going on. So he gets in the trenches with those people. Exactly. You know, funny thing is. Uh, you know how, how politicians are, right? I, I'm not sure if it's the same in the United States, but I think it's the same because, you know, the Philippines, we follow, we are generally, like, we follow a lot of the cultures, American cultures, so I think it's the same. Um, in the Philippines, generally, even politicians shows importance to the media, and they would show that, oh, you know, how good they are, how, how great they're doing, what kind of merits they're doing to the country. But with Duterte, the thing that, you know, a lot of the Filipinos appreciate would be like Duterte doesn't give a care <laughs> about about the media how they would portray him because for him no matter how you portray me I'm just gonna do my job and the people will just eventually notice it he doesn't care how the media thinks so he would just do his job like he won't really think he's not like the the people pleaser like there are some politicians who say oh i'm gonna give you this because i don't know that you like this so so that i'm gonna get voted the next election so i'm gonna give you this so that i would win the next election so you should vote for me but for him it's like it's really for the good of the city when he was a mayor and now it's for the good of the country like people can feel that he really cares not because that he's just, you know, doing publicity stunts and whatnot. For me, for me, I, I could really feel that he cares about Filipinos and the country in general. Uh, let's say, I, I would say that the media in, in the United States, the, the media is controlled by the government. And the government would like to have the control because, the art, you know, the other party that's competing against the president is actually, I would say, maybe in cahoots with 
American government. So basically, the the news in the Philippines would show bad things at the same time the news in the United States show bad things because they would like to show that the you know Duterte's personalities like this you should not like him you should not like him but they don't support him something like that and the funny thing is if you ask the people here even even the foreigners here they would they, yeah I, I'm, I know that Duterte is not perfect but the Filipinos know that Duterte is not perfect <laughs> but um I think for me, Duterte is, like I said earlier, is necessary evil in order to start the country, in order to get rid of all the bad things and to start anew. It's like trying to imagine forest fire, right? Right. Forest fire, burn out everything, and then totally have a, I'm not sure if we could say better, I guess, forest. Some, something like that. It's like a forest fire that we need, I guess, nature needs. So for, for, for us, or for me, I see him as a starting point in the Philippines. So once after he, maybe he stepped down, or I don't know what's going to happen to him in the future, after him, we're hoping that the, the succeeding president would not be afraid to do anything. Because... I'm not sure if it's the same in the United States. I think it's the same with all the government in, in the world, I guess. There's a lot of politicians who would like to do good things, but somehow they just give up because they know that maybe they're just fighting the war alone. And if they fight the war alone, they're going to just die without having to do anything. So others would just you know, keep a low profile and maybe help a little bit at the same time, just follow the trend and just, if they can help, they would try to help. But people are still very afraid. Like the same the same idea with uh, the police or the military with in terms of drugs, because it's so interconnected, like the drugs in the Philippines. I'm not sure if you know about this, but a big percentage of drugs are being made in, the pres- in prison, the maximum prison in the Philippines. Like sixty percent, I guess, or seventy percent is being made in prison. So imagine that, <laughs> and then and then the uh, secretary, secretary general, or the the person who who actually controls the prison is in cahoots or in good terms with the drug lords who are inside the prison. So now, with a lot of issues last year, the death is trying to imprison that official that has a very high rank so what Duterte is doing right now is he's trying to el- not eliminate by killing but you know showing people that there are politicians who are bad and we should jail them so so that in the future the, pol- the police the soldiers the military something would not be afraid to do their job because do you know funny thing is, five days, I think, after he became president, he asked the, some generals or some military officials to do the drug tests, and then five generals you know, <laughs> uh, tested positive. So see, a lot of the soldiers and police with low ranks are afraid to do their job because the high-ranking officials are connected to drugs. So maybe they might get killed, or maybe they're going to get assigned to very distant place or very dangerous place 
so that's why I say Duterte is like a forest fire. You need to in order to start anew. It's really great to actually share this, you know, these ideas. But <laughs> I'm very sorry. It's, it seems like I'm a little bit more, like a little bit more passionate about, you know, talking about this stuff because um, I'm just saying what I've observed and what you know my friend American, you know, American actually shared what he experienced way back in uh, where did he live? Like Chicago or right. was it in Boston? You know, Boston. Uh, he said something like he never felt safer in this city than when he was not well he, he never felt safer in Chicago or Boston I, I, for, I forgot where but I think Chicago or somewhere there and he said that it's really really safe here he feels secure that's why he's transferring you know his family to the Philippines you would see like some comments saying oh in the Philippines do not go there because it's like um how would they how would the my students would would say it like uh danger something like danger level <laughs> for for tourists level like level three or something oh right yeah, yeah like like uh, the uh, uh the terror alert yes right, terror, terror right, alert right, so right, yeah. i think it, it depends on the country it it will be great if you're able to get the perspective of those people there maybe not just one maybe the perspective of other people for me, I could say a lot about the president because I live in the city that we could say he, he took care of. So generally, I think I would imagine, you know, I would ima- imagine that uh, I see him like as a father of the country. Generally, that's, that is what presidents are should be, right? Like the person who would take care of the country. So um, to a point where... I see him as a father to a point where I've never voted before, even though I'm 30. <laughs> I've never voted before, but ever since he ran for president, I actually was excited to vote. And even though I'm a little bit lazy during that time, because it's like, oh, you know, it's like very early in the morning, but I went out and vote anyway. Because before, I never wanted to vote because it's kind of pointless because you're giving me politicians that. I don't see any changes that will happen. That's why when Duterte ran for president, like even people abroad voted. Normally people abroad generally don't really care and they don't really vote. But it's the first time ever that a certain percentage, like a very large percentage of people abroad, like OFWs, it's like overseas Filipino worker. Right. Yeah. uh, Voted for the president. Like, I think this is the first time where there's like a very high percentage of voters and imagine how how far apart would their like votes are like imagine you combine two mm, two candidates to three candidates just to compare the number of voters that he had that's incredible that he won by such Triple, a big margin and 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 it's funny because yes. he it sounds to me like he did what a candidate should do. He inspired the people that he wants to lead, and he made those people believe in him. And that's, I mean, that's the yes. goal, isn't it? That's the goal of, of, of politics, of getting elected. You need your constituents to believe in you. 
uh, funny thing is there's so many stories about you know when he ran for presidency because mm, he did not have a lot of supporters in the media basically what I'm trying to say is he did not have advertisement that much compared to the other candidates because he did not have the support of the media so what people did was they just posted online videos and imagine this normally in the philippines actors play an important role in voters because in the philippines uh we love our soap operas so if there's like actors who would support this president most people would follow what the actors you know what actors would say or what the media would would you know would recommend right so general president did not have any not did not have any at all but did not have any support or did not have a support by the media and what actors did some of the actors because i think it i i don't think that it ever occurred before that I, that i've noticed but i'm still young maybe i haven't you know, undergone a lot of changes with different presidents but i think or maybe it's because of the the new age where internet and videos like you know internet videos that they could re- record themselves and then would just post on the internet like via Facebook or YouTube but uh, it never occurred before where an actor who do not receive any payment at all for endorsement and they would endorse that politician they would just create a video and just endorse themselves and there are also actors not not that much, but there are actors who would complain about this president, this you know candidate. I think those actors were being paid by the other party, but there are a lot of actors who just made video free of charge to tell people to support this president. You are aware I'm in my car and my laptop battery is about to die, so we are just at the tail end of this. <laughs> um, this has been so cool it's been such a pleasure to talk to you i appreciate you uh keeping me company on this car ride i appreciate your insight and i'm glad we're not strangers anymore (laughs) yeah sure thing you could always you know message me if you want to chat or something or just have another recording you could just send me a message and i would be happy and delighted to actually chat a little bit more because like you talking and conversing it's not really like a hassle and it's fun conversing with other people and knowing what other people think, what their opinions are, and Ab- have a discussion. Absolutely, especially when the other person is passionate. I think that's great. Thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. I'll be talking to you again soon. Yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. See you soon. Have a good Bye, night. Chris. Bye-bye. Yeah, <laughs> Bye. Stranger Than Christian is hosted by Christian Kieran. Follow Christian on Twitter and Instagram at CWCarrion. If you would like to talk with Christian on a future episode, email him at Christian at buzzerblog.com. And find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Stranger Than Christian. This is Mike Galbasek speaking. <laughs>